Guys, I think I have an enemy. Yeah, I, I think I have somebody who's really trying to fuck with me, um, despite me. Maybe it's the listener of the podcast. Maybe it's somebody, you know, who's upset about my amazing takes, and they just, you know, they want to, they want to put me down. They want to take me away. They want to cow me into not having these wonderful thoughts and ideas and sharing them with with you, dear. You, you have Square a Twitter listeners. enemy. I have a Twitter enemy, but a real life enemy. Apparently, because somebody went through my car last night. Oh, okay. And now you might be thinking, well, you live in the city, dude. That happens. You know, somebody's going to take your stuff sometimes, which, all right, that's part of life in the city. Except, except the things that they took out of my car would be things that, you know, wouldn't really make sense unless it was somebody who wanted to ruin my day. Okay. Not, not even a matter of things that were the most valuable. It was just the, uh, the things that I am especially fond of and, or have use for. All right. So out of my console. Okay. I, I admit I'm a, a bit of a nerd. All right. I like to do nerdy things. I like to play you game. Yeah. Believe it or not. I know I'm extremely cool, but in private, in my private life, which I like to keep pretty private, but I'll do things like go to the store and I'll buy a pack of magic cards here or there. I have an actual collection, but these are just like, these are like Lucy's, you know, like, yeah, people smoke loose cigarettes. I'll just open a loose pack of magic cards and I'll throw it in my little console there. Most of the cards weren't worth much, but they took them. Okay. They took, they took a good, like three or four packs of magic cards. They did not take my checkbook which was in the console. And I, I was like, okay, all uh-huh. right. And as I'm investigating, they, they clearly had their priorities straight. They, they knew what they wanted and they yeah. took every single card. I'm not kidding. Sounds like a spite job to me. And then they went in, cause I, I was investigating the rest of my car. Now, granted my car is always a fucking mess to begin with. So it was really hard for me to tell at first if somebody actually broke into it. Um, but then I realized they took my gym shoes. Okay. <laughs> they took my, my, CrossFit gym shoes, which, you know, they're like 100, 120 bucks. I mean, I've been wearing them for the past however many months. So it's not like they're in like perfect clean condition or whatever. They're not dirty, but they're just, you know, they're worn, but they jacked those. And, and to cap it all off, they took my fucking rugby cleats, mm. which I, you know, the, the rugby cleats were like 150 bucks. Again, like they were pretty muddy and dirty. I've been, you know, back playing rugby for, um, for a few weeks now outdoors and it's just like, I, I am pretty sure I have just a fucking like monster enemy trying to, trying to silence me. What are the odds that this was a dog that just wanted to like <laughs> smell and rub up against your shoes and, and chew on your magic cards? You know, I, I, yes, I have an enemy. That's a dog is what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. I think the so. worst part is I had like nicer shoes in there too. Like my, my car is basically just like my closet and I had like a nice pair of boots in there and they didn't take them. And I had, I had another pair of cleats actually they didn't take, mm-hmm. which I thought was extremely fucking weird. It was just very strange. Did you look around the car and notice any like tracks or hoof marks? I, I didn't No, I, I mean, maybe there were, I just, cause I'm wondering, notice. you know, 
Has Adrian been hinting that she doesn't know what to buy you as a gift for your birthday? <laughs> and so maybe she just wants to re-gift you something yeah. you already own? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, my, my birthday is a couple months past now, but I guess I can have something to look forward to in 2022. Well, well maybe it's a Memorial Day gift for Maybe you. Maybe it's a Christmas gift Christmas, that I get my stuff yeah. back. Right. Yeah. No, but, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if it's... Angus, the shape-shifting badger. It probably was Angus. It was probably, you know. I, you didn't you didn't give Angus the amount of respect that Angus deserved when we talked no, about Angus. No, I thought time. it was fucking stupid. And, and apparently, <laughs> Angus let his feelings be known about me. So, so that's my story, Square listeners. So, you know, I... I so, Ree's enemy, if you're listening, you better watch your fucking back. No, no, no. no. You know what? You know what? I... I want to be the change that I seek in the world. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna send out the good vibes. Okay, because this person, or or fucking shape shape shifting badger, <laughs> be that as it may, whatever entity this was, tried to to ruin my good vibes. Okay, mm-hmm. and I, I already woke up this morning pretty hungover. I felt pretty shitty, and and just to come out to that, and I think we all make choices in life, and I, you know I'm not happy about it, but but I hope that whatever person or entity has those magic cards and like those worn smelly shoes. I, I hope they bring you some kind of joy. I hope, yeah. I hope it really like fulfills you. Maybe you sold them. Maybe, you know, you're just going to hide them away. Maybe you're just going to throw them out. Yeah, Cause the, you're they trying probably to fuck got them $15 that played against sports for those shoes. Uh, right, right. The cleats that I spent, you know, 150 plus dollars on kangaroo leather. Fuck you. God. Um, I hope you, know, you. I hope you enjoy. I hope you. If you're a rugby player, I hope you found a, a sweet pair of cleats. You know, it's, it reminds me of this story I heard last night about this art gallery in Boston. I guess there, there was a thievery. I can't remember which which art gallery it was, but it happened. I don't know a few years ago. And basically, they ne- the, the the thieves have never been caught. But the way they stole the artwork was they they cut, which is like probably harder har- the hardest way to steal this artwork. They cut around the frame with some type of saw, which was extremely difficult. It took them. And I, you know, and I'm not sure that they would have any way to sell them. So, 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 so this person stole them or people stole them without any way to make money off them. They had some ulterior motive, maybe to prove that they could steal the art. Right. But it's like a mystery as to why they stole them the way they did. Well, that, that reminds me of at Bonaventure famously had a Rembrandt hanging up in the oh, library wow. until it was stolen in the 1990s. Yeah. And it's been on, like, the Interpol and the FBI list of, like, <laughs> most wanted, like, paintings that's been stolen. This Rembrandt that was stolen from St. Bonaventure. So there's no way to make any money off of it. But somebody just, I mean, I worked at the library. To say that the security at the library is lax <laughs> is an understatement. So, so they just had a Rembrandt laying there. So they just had a Rembrandt hanging up. And somebody just walked in. Was Put like, in their book bag. Whoop. Yeah. This is mine now. Uh-huh. Wow. Interesting. Well, I know my magic cards are the equivalent of Rembrandt. So. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, that's what we were getting at. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to send out the good vibes, and and listener, I'm going to give you the good vibes today. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna turn a negative into a positive. We're going to give you the good energy. So yeah, let's do it, boys. Let's get the thing. Let's do the damn thing, Ryan. Hit the music. Buffalo's premier news, politics, culture, 
and uh, Ree's stuff getting stolen podcast. Mm-hmm. We're, we're on hey, top you of know, that. I'm putting out a reward, okay? If your stuff gets returned, I, I promise $100 in, in Chuck E. Cheese gift certificates for whoever brings the stuff back. Mm. And that's I, tempting, huh? The I best want, pizza in town. I wanted to say that uh, Ree's bringing the good vibes, uh, but don't worry, dear listener, I've got lots of hate vibes for everybody today. <laughs> Yes, yes, we are back with the, um, you know, we're back with the vegetables, guys. We gave you a lot of good candy last week with AJ, who is the fucking man. AJ rules. AJ's great. AJ's awesome, man. We, we got to have him back on again. But, you know, we, we had our fun. 420 came and passed, and now it's back to real life. And there's a lot of real life stuff going on. Uh, right, kick us off here, man. What are we, um, what are we talking about down at the square? Oh, uh, well, I think uh, one of the big stories of the past week was the uh, the whole, tra- you know, the controversy around the traffic cameras and school zones. Right. There's, we talked about this with Brian Nowak, right? There's no real need for it. There's no, there's no, there's no reason for us to have them because they're really, it's solving a problem that isn't there. Mm-hmm. So it turns out what we're doing with that, other than, other than soaking people who, you know, don't otherwise have the money to pay for these tickets is uh, turning the... The, the image data over to ICE right. and, and border, border Patrol, the feds, essentially. Right. So kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the mayor refuses to declare Buffalo a sanctuary city <laughs> Yeah. for some reason. Hmm. And that reason is because he's turning over as much information as he possibly can to ICE and CBP. It's, it's pretty nuts, honestly. It's, you know, it's crazy, like, I don't really get wrapped up in the people who are like, oh, you know, big government stepping in on my life. Most of the time, they're like sovereign citizens out in like Albion. Right. Mm-hmm. Sign everything in lowercase. Yeah. They, they, they make their own license plates that are not, <laughs> that say like the state does not recognize, right. or I don't recognize the state's authority to pull me over or something. Um, but then you just get shit like this where it's like actual big government scary. Like, yeah, we're going to fucking track your movements and, you know, we're going to share them with uh, these federal agencies and they can just disappear you or your family if, you know, you don't have the paperwork. Um, it's it's disheartening to say the least. And if you're somebody who lives in Buffalo or even the surrounding area or you just care about Buffalo at all, it's amazing how we, in, in one of the ways that we try to trumpet our sort of resurgence is that, hey, we're a welcoming community to immigrants on the west side. You know, we have a growing Burmese population. We have so many um, different groups of people that come to Buffalo, and we try to say that we're the city of good neighbors. And here we are just passing along this information to to ICE to break up families. Right. I mean, it's it's because, it's, it's, it, it, it's, first of all, it's not just Burmese, right? It, it's Somali and Iraqi, too, are, are big, burgeoning uh immigrant populations in the city of Buffalo. But it's it's the main reason why, you know, as of like the last census, uh, well, we'll talk about that. But, um, you know, last I saw, it looked like Buffalo actually grew in, from the previous census by about 3,000 people. Mm. And much of that was given, the credit was given to uh, the immigrant population. And... You know, the resurgence is happening a lot of ways because of the immigrant population, because they're starting businesses, they're investing in areas of the city that weren't being invested in, right? That's right. They're, they are the catalyst 
for the resurgence of the city of Buffalo. If there is a resurgence of the city of Buffalo, which, you know, go back and listen to our podcast with Dr. Russell Weaver about the resurgence of the city of Buffalo. But if there is one happening, where it's happening, it, the catalyst for that are these immigrant communities. And the city of Buffalo is basically thumbing them in the fucking eye. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's truly amazing. And it's, you know, as as we sort of come to the, I, I would say the twilight of Byron Brown's time as mayor. Like, I don't, maybe he's a mayor for another 15, 20 years. Who knows? But I, I feel like I, I don't know how much longer, you know, he'll be doing this. And even... Even if he does successfully beat India Walton this fall, um, eventually there will be, you know, like somebody clearly in line to replace him. I, I don't think we know who that person is yet, but, um, you know, I, I think the local Democratic Party and organization will find somebody that they can install in the mayor's office. Uh, but this is just like a hell of a way to end. You know, it's so funny because you could say, a lot you could say both a lot and a little about byron brown's tenure as mayor um jim haney of investigative post recently just fucking went off uh in an article which can we share stuff in the descriptions have we figured out how to do that yeah oh sure absolutely okay yeah. we could share that because it it was a fascinating have article. i figured out how to do that uh, yeah My. i should never question your skills man <laughs> um jim haney just put out a scorcher of a post or an article on investigative post uh, titled Byron Brown's sorry track record. And uh, you know, we, we can go through that in a little bit more in just a second, but I think like something like this as on your way out, you know, in your last few years, like this is what your fucking tenure is going to be marked with. It just sucks. Mm -hmm. It just sucks. Uh, no, he's here. He's got a chance to like, show his progressive bona fides and he's showing his authoritarian streak. Yep. 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 Well, speaking of the Haney piece. So, I mean, he really goes off here, um, sort of handicapping or just kind of running through what Byron Brown has or has not done as mayor. And when I say there's both a lot and a little to be said, what I mean by the, a little part is that Byron Brown is so, as we said before, like has a very good veneer of being non-controversial. Um, there, he doesn't draw a lot of strong animus from people living in the city, living without. Now that might change, especially based on some of the things that Haney has outlined. That there's an undercurrent of resentment um, to his handling, especially with things with the Buffalo Police, um, which he outlines here, mm -hmm. but. You know, Byron Brown is somebody that, as we said before, is pretty, he's pretty good at putting on a show, a public face. Uh, yet at the same time, he's really dropped the ball on a ton of shit. So the first thing Haney has here uh, of Byron Brown's sorry track record, uh, mismanagement of city finances. So I'm just going to read bits and pieces of this here. Brown inherited a hard control board that socked away $166 million in reserves. Since the control board went soft in 2012, Brown has burned through more than 100 million of those reserves, reserves excuse me, to plug budget deficits. Spending has not been the problem, although the cost of employee benefits has spiraled. The major problems have been Brown's poor budget forecasting. 
He keeps counting on revenue that doesn't materialize and his refusal to raise property taxes, which the city has done only once during his time in office. The result, budget deficits and the city's continued reliance on state aid, which accounts for 30% of the city's revenues to balance its books. Now, you see, you read something like that and you're like, oh, well, okay, I'm not necessarily opposed to the city spending money. You know, is do we have like nice roads? Do we have um, nice things? The answer is we don't. No. Right. And, you know, to the Haney's point there about relying on outside funds, uh, for this year's budget, the mayor is projecting that he's going to be using a lot of the federal funds coming from the COVID relief. And he's looking to cut taxes. And he's looking to cut taxes. At the same time. What right. the fuck? Right. And he's looking to cut taxes, although uh, not for uh, commercial tax rate, for okay. individual, for personal property tax rate. Okay. Um, although the commercial tax rate's already lower than most of the suburbs and, and the surrounding area anyways. So cutting it, uh, you know, when, when you're already in the lead, I guess it doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Um, but and as I was mentioning earlier, like, you know, they've got some of the things that the city's budgeting money for. And, you know, talking about his police reform or lack thereof, you know, he's budgeting like $200,000 for tasers, but only $20,000 for like education for the police. Well, yeah, and, and Haney gets to that here, too. So failure to reform the police department is the next item. Uh, the problem isn't limited to police misconduct. The department has poor relations with the minority community and a middling track record of solving crime. And its homicide clearance rate is pathetically poor, although the gang shootings behind many of the killing makes solving them a challenge. Brown made no effort to reform the department until anti-racism protests last summer and the and the steps he's taken since fall, excuse me, the steps he's taken since fall sh- far short of what's necessary. Most telling is his failure to even try to negotiate changes in the city's contract with the police benevolent association, which denies the department's command of many essential management rights. The result, it's difficult to discipline bad cops and seniority rather than competency uh, dictates Assignments and promotions, including key command positions. Might need a little bit more copy editing there, Jim. But the point remains, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's true, right? Like that the, the, the Buffalo Police Department, especially, and you could say this writ large about a lot of uh, police departments throughout the country, of course. But really, like, what what did we get out of last summer's protest, Jim? Nothing. Really? We got nothing. We get, we, you know what we got? We got some protesters arrested. I mean, the one success story, success, but Carrie O'Horn getting her benefits and, and back pay uh, reinstated. But, but even that, I don't know if you saw the article in the news this week, is so the officer that she interrupted from the choking incident won a lawsuit against her back then for... Uh, like libel or some nonsense or whatever like that saying that like he wasn't actually causing harm and he was supposed to get paid like 60 grand and she paid like 20 grand of it. And now he's suing to get the rest of his money. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like a real big fucking prick. Doesn't he? Yeah. I, I, it just, it's just like amazing that we had this, uh, you know, national movement and Buffalo became like 
a center for it after Martin Gugino and just like seeing a face, you know, f- fucking spotlight on police violence and brutality right on our city. And the result is nothing. It's just, it's nothing. Stone cold, pure, cynical. Okay. Just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, cops will be cops. Boys will be boys. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Uh, Again, targeting of vulnerable people to raise revenue. We've already seen that with the traffic camera footage. But uh, Haney here says the the police department, the, the the police department's now disbanded strike force and housing units, set up traffic checkpoints, primarily in low income neighborhoods, and doled out tons of traffic tickets. The mayor then got the common council to go along with imposing fifteen different fines and fees to make those tickets more lucrative. In response to last summer's protest, the Common Council scaled back those fines and fees. Yep. Uh, also ties into this next point, targeting of every, everyone to raise revenue. So that would be the speed camera set up around 20 schools around the city to catch drivers going over 15 miles per hour during school hours. It's clearly a money grab. The cameras have ticked off a lot of people and ought to be Brown's Fort Mikowski. The boneheaded move by then Mayor Stan Mikowski to wall off McKinley Square that played a role in his election loss in 1977. Did you guys know about Fort Mikowski? I did not know about Fort no. Mikowski. Oh. It's a little before my time, even. Fort Mikowski. You should get, like, Fort Mikowski t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Fort Mikowski, and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of... Fuck. I, I mean, to speak about like the police reform too, like it just came out this week that the AG said that like the citizen review board, like the the hard citizen review board, where they could actually investigate uh, police uh, reports of police wrongdoing, um, which the mayor said, ah, oh, no, the citizens can't do that. That's 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 too. Uh, the a- state AG said, no, of course they could. Yeah, of course not? they can. Of course you can have that. That 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 makes t- total sense. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, uh, the next one, the next one is actually um kind of near and dear to my heart because the the next point Jim Haney has here is failure for the longest time to address lead poisoning. Hundreds of inner city kids every year are diagnosed with high levels of lead in their blood. Lead poisoning is a life sentence that can result in learning, health and behavioral problems. Yet Brown for years refused to tackle the problem until the city finally adopted a good but incomplete plan last November. It remains to be seen if City Hall successfully executes its plan. There's reason to be skeptical. Um, and so a couple reasons. One, our, the, the, piping, like the pipe system in the city of Buffalo is hilariously decrepit. Like, it, we are really like... Yeah, but both the the, uh, the water and the sewage systems are, are really bad. We are like this close to being a Flint, Michigan. Like it really, yeah. mm-hmm. it is it is phenomenal. And didn't didn't Byron Brown say that like we can't afford to replace the pipes? Yes. So we're going over. We're going over budget. We have all this COVID money coming in. We're going to cut taxes, but we can't prevent the fucking you know drinking water. One of the honestly one of the big things I think we have as a selling point being near. A lake you know we don't have to worry about water shortages we don't we we have water fresh water in almost you know non-stop supply here really it's essentially unlimited supply of, of fresh water and and now we're it's too expensive to replace the pipe so we can actually drink it it's ridiculous my 
My little brother actually had lead poisoning when he was younger. He's okay. You know, he didn't have any developmental issues or anything. Um, but I've just, you know, we lived in a poor neighborhood. Like we lived in the first ward and it was old shitty pipes. And I just think about how many people who like are not, you know, not okay. How many kids who've been exposed to lead? Well, that's, that's just it is a lot of the outering suburbs are, you know, they're, they're digging up the, the pipes or replacing the sewage and, and water systems. I know they are in Kenmore where I am. They raise the water rates. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why isn't that happening in Buffalo? Right. Where supposedly there's a resurgence. Right. I mean, and you got to remember the city of Buffalo has the, the gray water system, yeah. right? Where the sewers, sewers, when you, when it, when the water overflows, when it rains like a son of a bitch or when the snow melts, that mixes in with the sewers and it flushes it into the lake. Yeah. Don't go, don't go swimming in Hoyt Lake people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. You end up the toxic Avenger. Yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous. And again, it's just such a slap in the face for somebody to tell you that we can't afford to do this. Yeah, we can't. I'm sorry, we can't afford to ensure that you have clean drinking water if you live in the city. Uh, right. I know that interest rates are literally at historic lows. <laughs> Might be a time to borrow some funds for that, right? Right, to, to borrow some funds to do a major project. Mm. If you are interested in having any kind of actual legacy... Besides just being an asshole for twenty years, <laughs> yeah, you would do something like that. Yeah, you might. But if you you have no fucking, this is where like you know our f- friend of the pod, Jason Knight, always refers to Democrats playing checkers when Republicans are playing chess. Yeah, I mean, I know he's not original. He's not the first one to come up with that. Thanks. You can save your comments for the, <laughs> for, you know, for Bobby De Niro. Yeah, but. Uh, this is just a prime example of it. Like, you know, playing checkers to like, I'm just, I'm just worried about the next election every single time. And it, clearly he's just worried about this election by I'm going to lower taxes, right? All he cares about is the next, uh, next coming election, as opposed to like, you know, like thinking about like what my actual historic legacy would be. If, if Byron Brown had replaced the entire water system, as mayor over the last 600 years that he's been mayor. People would be talking about him for decades. Right. What a great man. Well, first of all, they would name buildings after him. Yeah, sure. But people would be talking about, like, not just locally, but nationally, but like, hey, Buffalo was like, we're not going to poison our kids with lead anymore. We're going to redo our water system. It would be this enormous public works initiative that would... Well, surprisingly, I'm you know politicians usually like this create jobs. It would it would create tons of fucking jobs, and it would increase property values in the city. Huh. I mean, and what just what a win it would be like in a post COVID world. Well, we're not there yet. We're still in very much a COVID world, but in in hopefully at the end of the COVID world with all these COVID funds, like it's just like the perfect win. It's so. It's so easy that it's mind-boggling to do. Who's going to be against clean drinking water? Like, who's going to be mad that we're hey we're we're you know redoing all the pipes so that you know we are we bring Buffalo into the fucking twenty first century? It's it's ridiculous. I know we've gone long on this article, but uh, you know it really it really does bear a, a good discussion about Byron Brown's tenure um, and what he's done or, or failed to do. Um, a couple more items here, guys. So. Failure to invest in infrastructure and public buildings. I mean, it's not just the pipes. So 
Haney writes here, earlier in Brown's tenure, the city commissioned a study that determined city-owned facilities, libraries, pools, community centers, city hall itself, required more than $600 million worth of improvements, much of it to compensate for decades of neglect. The city has done little of the necessary work. There's also a backlog of needed infrastructure improvements, streets, bridges, sewers, water lines. Brown, however, last year earmarked more than $1 million uh, to upgrade his offices in City Hall, including new digs for his ever-growing public relations team, which says something about his priorities. Federal stimulus money, about $350 million, is headed our way, and infrastructure improvements are an eligible expense. So, the city might be able to address a portion of its considerable infrastructure problems, but it will be no thanks to the mayor. And given the state of the city's public works department, it sometimes struggles to manage $20 million a year in capital projects, it's questionable how much work it will be able to pump out. Wow. Same vein. Wow. Right. Just same, just, just same thing where the son of a bitch doesn't care about the infrastructure or anything long-term. He cares about the the next election and short-term stuff. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to earmark a million dollars to upgrade, upgrade his own office. <laughs> like, you know, maybe he's off- cynical. I mean, maybe the office needed it. Who knows when the last time that office was upgraded, but you, you should, you should be smart enough to package that with a large, as part of a larger program. If you're only spending $20 million a year on infrastructure and literally one twentieth, 5% of that is going to upgrade your fucking office. Maybe you, you know, maybe you have a pretty disdainful view of the average voter in the city of Buffalo. It's, it's ridiculous. And again, like you can't, you can't turn around and market yourself as like, oh, you know, or this upcoming city, we have all these, you know, cool restaurants and we have all these, you know, cool businesses and like, right. and the you'll streets get lead, are fucking up. You'll get lead poisoning if you ask for water at these restaurants. <laughs> right. Right. You can't drive to them. The streets are so shitty. Um, last one here. Failure to address the city's faltering school system. Given his ineptitude running City Hall, maybe we should be thankful that Brown hasn't tried to interject himself into the school district. But the schools continue to produce too many graduates and dropouts who lack the basic academic skills necessary to succeed in college or the working world. Only about a quarter of Buffalo students score at a score at proficient levels in standardized tests for language and math skills. Employers say too many graduates lack, for example, basic math skills necessary to hold the job. Local colleges say they're forced to provide remediation services to many city graduates to bring their reading and writing skills to the point where they can handle college level work. I I want to say quickly that like, I don't view like, what colleges think or what employers think as the as a successful goal of a public education system because who like we shouldn't be training people from age 5 through 18 to literally just be nothing but another drone in the cog of capitalism or another peg in the educational system we should be training them to think now if they can't read or do math they're probably gonna not, they, they're probably not teaching logic very well either. So I, I, there is some indication there that maybe that they're not doing everything well. But like to hear that employers are like, well, they're not trained the way we would like them to be. Fuck you, employers. Yeah. Sure, sure. But the point remains, like the city of Buffalo 
school system has been notorious notorious for many many years like even very well-meaning people who are like hey i want to have my kids in public schools but the buffalo public schools are just trash and you know no no disrespect to the hard-working teachers no disrespect to the you know the faculty and staff at these schools but i think it's true they are severely underfunded Absolutely. Um, to the point of just it's comical how how much that you know we just kind of just let it happen and like it's every every person I know who is either a parent or is going to be a parent, like has the very same concern that yeah I can't have my kids in the Buffalo public school system. Well, it, it, which is tough for me to hear because like the very best public schools in the area are Buffalo public schools. the The best of the best school the public schools in the area are Buffalo public schools. It's just that the average ones aren't good, and it takes a lot more work on the parent. To make sure that not just that like your child is doing okay, but your child gets into the school that needs to be getting into in order to do okay. Because they have limited resources, so they focus on, well, we'll have some elite schools and let the rest falter. Right? That's it. I didn't grow up in the city. Uh, This is me coming out from from an outsider viewpoint. Well, I'll tell you, as somebody who did grow up in the city, you know, there's, there's a lot of chicken and egg behind why schools do badly relative to you know poverty and income levels of the people attending them um but i'll say this like hey if uh if you have kids who aren't able to drink fucking clean drinking water they're probably not gonna do so hot in school right you know like if if they don't have basic amenities basic uh you know housing security food security things like that which we're pretty clearly lacking on that as well um job security then a lot of people aren't going to do so hot in school. Well, that's just another argument for in favor of universal basic income. Um, among many others, yeah. So, yeah, Jim Haney, uh, once again, friend of the pod, um, over at Investigative Post. We, we'll put the article in the description just because I think, I, I think that, you know, the India Walton campaign is doing a good job, but I also think that for her to really be competitive, the heat's got to start turning up and, and really showing that Byron Brown is is a pretty damn poor mayor. His, his record isn't great. Yeah. To be as a slight understatement. Yeah. But you know what he he is? He is the endorsed candidate for mayor. He is. And if there's anything I've learned from ECDC this year is that they only endorse the best candidates. Is that so? Yeah, that's, there's there's nothing else that ever goes on there other than endorsing simply the best candidate. Whoa, yeah, they can't they can't help but endorse the best candidates, right? Right, Ree? even for sheriff, right, Ree? Yeah, I mean Jeremy Zellner, he just knows what what a mayor looks like, and apparently what a sheriff should look right? like. Right, you know, it, it's it's crazy that he knows exactly what a sheriff should look like. So, Kim Buford Puster is like actually what the sheriff should look like. <laughs> So, dear listeners, uh, Erie County Democratic Chair Zer- Jeremy Zellner has been put on blast recently um, for basically telling Kim Beatty you don't have Kim Beatty, who's a candidate for for sheriff, who initially dropped out of the race after Brian Gould was the endorsed sheriff candidate. And then through, I would say, grassroots effort, primarily spearheaded by um, by Betty Jean Grant, um, it was back in the race. And it came to light that. Jeremy Zellner had told Kim Beatty basically, hey, you're not really what we picture 
a sheriff's can right Ooh. apparently the actual Ooh. quote was you don't look like a sh- what a sheriff looks like yeah right and that's and that's when she she dropped out um and you know i'm you know full disclosure i like i'm active and i'm volunteering for the kim Beatty campaign um i think she is the best candidate out there uh you know and that's no slight to Brian Gould. That's not to say that I think that Gould is a bad candidate. I just think that Kimbiti is a better candidate. I don't think that Brian Gould had anything to do with Jeremy Zellner sticking his foot in his mouth. Well, and it, it part of what inspired Zellner to say this is that he had supported Bernie Tolbert in the previous sheriff's race bernie tolbert is an african-american man um you know he lost that race and this kind of kind of informed shall we say um his view that hey maybe you know we uh, an african-american candidate won't be successful for the sheriff's office i think they hired like an independent polling firm they they hired a polling firm but i but you know i would like to see how those questions were written because as far as i can tell um from what i know of it the poll was written in a way that it would return the results that they wanted. Um, you know, Tolbert made that race closer than it probably should have been, given that he was given no support. That race against Howard last time with Tolbert running was actually closer than I think most people thought it was going to be, which says something about the negatives that Howard had. And had there been full-throated, full-party support for Bernie Tolbert to run in that sheriff's race, had they devoted the resources towards that, I think Bernie would be sheriff right now. And I believe that 100% of my heart. I I think that he would have won that race. I don't think that they put the resources towards that, that they should have been putting towards it. And since they didn't, that, well, we got Tim Howard again. So they seem to be putting a lot of resources into the Brian Gould campaign a lot more than they are putting into the hardware. If you pay attention on social media, if you get social media ads like I do, and as a prime Democratic voter, I am sure that I am getting the targeted ads that they want me to get the targeted ads for. And I am seeing a lot more Brian Gould ads and Brian Gould-related stuff than I am seeing Kevin Hardwick. And they are letting Kevin Hardwick twist in the wind this year. And if Lynn Dixon becomes controller and Kevin Hardwick doesn't, it's going to be because because they didn't support Kevin Hardwick. Well, and that would be like a hell of a back-to-back with, you know, Brian Gould if he loses. (laughs) Like, if if they like Karen Healy Case end up running away with this, you know, after throwing all their weight behind him because it doesn't feel like they're really managing that race very well either – in spite of throwing a lot of resources behind their endorsed candidate, like they could lose two. I don't want to say the sheriff's rate is race is a slam dunk race um, at any point, but I mean, it is winnable. It is attainable for them. And, and certainly uh, Harwick's race is a slam dunk should be, should be against Lynn Dixon. It, it should, it should be. It, they, they both should be eminently winnable races in Erie County. And, you know, and, you know, the open seat for hard for Howard's seat for the sheriff's race and the open seat for the controller's seat for Mahilu's seat, the natural advantages should go to the Democratic Party because they have the enrollment advantage. And Hardwick has just as high name ID as Lynn Dixon. And then Healy Case has just as high name ID as either Kim Beattie or Brian Gould would have. 
Um, or Miles Carter had Miles Carter got the endorsement. Miles Carter being the third party running for sheriff, um, you know, running and and what's like more than likely a spoiler role for the indoor for the primary. Um, but you know, had Miles Carter got the endorsement, would be to have just the same name recognition as Karen Healy case. Very low. I mean, I would. I would assume that if, if I asked my parents who's running for sheriff right now, they probably couldn't answer it. If I mentioned the names of the people, they would probably say, oh, yeah, I heard that name. But if I asked them outright, like, you know, $50 or, you know, a $50 bet one way or the other, either I give you $50 or you give me $50, write down the endorsed candidates for the Republican and the Democrat for sheriff right now, I think I'd be $50 richer. It's not a not a great look for Jeremy Zellner, and it's just it's just so unfortunate too. Because look, like we've said it before, but Kim Beatty literally trained all of the other um, sheriffs race candidates here who are, who are in the department. Like she is, you know, an African American woman running for a position that that Tim Howard is coming out of. Tim Howard being absolutely notorious for. Um, mismanaging the the sheriffs, uh, the, certainly the, the county jails and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And, you know, it would be, again, like it would just be something where it'd be so forward thinking for, for Western New York. And it would be pretty, you know, a pretty groundbreaking thing. I would say, I don't know the history of the sheriff's office. I can't imagine to my recollection, there being an African-American woman sheriff, um, let alone if there's ever been an African American sheriff in in Erie County, I don't know. Um, not not to my recollection. I mean, and my recollection goes back pretty far because you know before you had Howard, you had Gallivan, and before him, you had Sheriff Tom Higgins, and Higgins had been sheriff for about six hundred years. Yeah, so it would be it'd be pretty damn cool and a pretty big landmark thing. So of course we tell that person they don't look like a right. sheriff. Um, so. In the staying in the 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 realm of the nerd shit here, Jim. Um, I'm gonna jump around our little whiteboard, but we uh, on a on a bigger level, New York State took. Uh, what do the kids say, Jim? We took an L. We took an L. Put F in chat. Type F, pay F. Uh, type F to pay respects. Right to New York State. We uh, we lost a dang congressional seat. Right, and it was close. I mean, we assumed that we were losing a congressional seat. Like, the assumption was that we were losing a congressional seat. The worry was we might lose two. But it turns out we were much closer to not losing a congressional seat than we thought. Was it 80, 87, 89? 89 people. Had 89 more people been counted by the census in New York State this year, New York State would not have lost a seat, and Minnesota would have lost a seat instead. instead. Now, you may be thinking... Well, okay, these things happen. I don't know. If only I had, I had had 89 more kids myself. If only I had 89 more kids. Oh, it's possible in 10 years. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you, it's been done. You know, you might be thinking like, hey, populations change, things change, blah, blah, blah. What does it really matter? Well, it actually matters quite a bit. Um, having having a congressional amount of congressional seats in your state to represent the number of fucking constituents you have in your state... We're talking about money. We're talking about, you know, federal funding based on the population and district size. So when, you know, you lose a seat, like basically it means like you're losing federal funds. 
you're losing like a huge chunk of money that comes with having that congressional seat recognized. Now, again, I know populations change. I know that the big movement has been from, you know, primarily from our area, unfortunately, that Western New York has lost a lot of people. However, there is a lot of evidence that Andrew Cuomo really dropped the ball with his push for the census efforts. Mm -hmm. Um, That he really... I think there's a great tweet thread by a legislator downstate. I can't remember his name. I shared it in our group chat. But basically that Andrew Cuomo half-assed this census, knowing full well its importance. Um, And, you know, really, like, didn't make a push until actually, like, early 2020, knowing the census was going to take place this year or last year. Yeah. I mean that among other States, I think, I think California lost population, lost a seat to Texas. So like, you know, it seems like, I don't know, there's, there's, there's a little bit of a shift going on, but you know, in other parts of the country, but here it's specifically 89 votes was due to the mismanagement of the whole, the whole thing last year. It's crazy. That I mean, that's a margin of error. Like that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, if you told me it was like 89,000, Say yeah, okay, that's pretty yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. What what happened there? You're talking eighty nine. You couldn't fucking count eighty nine people. That tells me they're they're out there. They are certainly out there. That tells me there was some pretty damn poor management of the the census program that um, that Andrew Cuomo really really dropped the ball on. So we lost the seat, but we get to have the uh, earmuff district. Oh yeah, as as we talked about or, uh, in the past, the yeah. dong, the wang, <laughs> we get the dong. Well, the human wang is a beautiful thing, Maud. <laughs> yes, yes. So I mean, you know, every every uh, rainy day has its little bit of a rainbow. So we we get our dong shaped rainbow mm-hmm. with uh, with our. I mean, and we get we're, we're going to get the congressional seat. They're asked like, well, how's it going to look? Who are they going to get rid of? I don't know. Maybe there's one Tom Reed who said he's not running for re-election and they can combine his district with Chris Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Perhaps. How about some good news, guys? How about uh, how are we doing on vaccinations? Hey, we're looking pretty good, Reed. I mean, personally, we're all looking pretty good. I, I have my second shot coming up next Saturday. Mm-hmm. I've had mine. You guys have already had your second shots. Got my Excelsior Pass. Yeah, it looks like locally it's having a, a good effect on infections, hospitalizations, deaths are up. But I think that's, you know, f- from from the previous hospitalization. Right, that's an artifact of past numbers. Yep. So yeah, it's looking pretty good, and uh, we've got we've got some uh, we got some fun, uh, you know, kind of efforts going on from the yeah. from the local county government, right? Right. Uh, Erie County Department of Health partnering with a couple of local breweries to do uh, what they're calling shot in a chaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go get your shot, you get a free beer. Hey, that's hey. all right. So, I mean, so I'm going to get a third shot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is that, is that how it works? Yeah. It's booster it up, baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. I th- and, then, and then they've got something going on for the, for the kids. They yeah, do have something going on for the kids. That, like uh, a tiki bar, uh, prom theme type thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, get a shot so that you can, uh, at our prom themed vaccination site, yeah, that way you can actually go to prom this year. Hey, okay, fine. Yeah, a- we, and go to graduation. Well, that too. Well, okay. We 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 give uh, Polo his fair share of grief here on on the square, but yeah, you call him Hitler all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Re- we're, I not, don't know. we're not going to let that bit drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
That's how you end up with the snake thing. Um, <laughs> what snake thing? Uh, what do you mean by that? So uh, it's a great idea. Shout out to, um, to no, not the snake thing, the, oh. the shot in the chaser. Um, I think shout out to Jason in um, my buddy, Jason, who works for, uh, for pulling cars. Uh, I think it was his idea actually, cause mm. he's the contact listed on there. So it, it's, it's a really cool idea. It's really smart. Like we're at the point now where I think a lot of people who were going to get vaccinated or like who we're going to opt into it have um and now it's like we're in like the i don't want to say social manipulation but i mean like the social massaging like you really want to get like like how do we encourage how do we nudge people who there's probably just a lot of people out there who are like i don't really care right i don't i don't, I don't give a shit like they they're worried i guess about coronavirus but you know they might have been going out and doing stuff you know they might have been living their lives how do you get those people in mm. and i like the idea of just like hey here's a little candy here's a little nudge right no i i i appreciate the the carrot you know the stick's not going to work all the time so sometimes you got to use carrots i think i'd prefer a sandwich over a, a beer i i mean if Maybe. there were like uh if if one of the places you go like hey if you get your shot you get some free wing nuts <laughs> I would totally do that. Right, yeah. Are you oh kidding me? Oh, my God. I'd be there. Yeah. I mean, especially because, like, you know, one of the places they're doing it is Resurgence. And Resurgence is fine. The location is beautiful. Sure, sure. Their beer's fine. It's okay. It's 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 fine. It's replacement level. But but the location's great. The location sure. is fantastic. Love it. Um, so, yeah, good job with the county. And I know that we have, what, so so deaths are up, but hospitalizations are down with COVID? Yeah. 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 yeah, but I mean, I, I assume the deaths will drop once once they reflect the current infection rates and hospitalizations, right. right? Yeah. So, so the vaccination's working, you know, you know despite mm-hmm. what your your aunt uh, Karen might tell you. Right. Tell me, yeah. tell me something I care about, Aunt Thelma. Yeah. <laughs> so just go get vaccinated if you haven't already. I'm and, sure you have. Well, and with that too, I mean, now we're seeing some of the uh, restrictions starting to to really yeah, loosen. Yeah. yeah. I think we had the curfew has finally been lifted, gentlemen. Well, not totally lifted. Oh. It just moved to midnight. Oh, well, no. So, so it's going to, going to be lifted in this it, month for right. outdoors. Right, it's going to be mid month. Right at the end of the month, everywhere. Right, and then and now we don't have to buy some stupid shitty two dollar food with our, our mm-hmm. beer if we want to go out and drink. We can just go out and have a beer if we've already eaten at home. Right, you can just go out and get soused. So pink, look out! Right here I come, Essex. Yeah. I think I think the last domino to fall will be the mask restriction. I think that oh sure yeah the mask is definitely the last restriction to, to, to well, come away. But even that like nationally, it's so if you're outside and you're not around people and you're vaccinated, there's no mask requirement, which you know kind of makes sense. The science shows if you're outside and you know, the, the the risk of infection is pretty low. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, yeah, as, as time goes on, I, I, I saw in the UK. They had a government-sponsored <laughs> rave with a bunch of young people that, that were tested before, and they're going to be tested throughout, I guess, the week to see if it's feasible to actually start doing that stuff again. So, you know, there there are some some mirrors of... Thank you, Boris Johnson. Yeah, thanks, Boris. Always forward-thinking <laughs> Boris Johnson. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, how can we fucking party again? <laughs> there's some re- there's some reflection of normalcy, I guess. No, but I mean, up, uh, uh, you know, about. getting the, the food restriction being lifted... 
that should have been lifted forever ago. That was yeah. bullshit. That was such nonsense. Yeah. And especially because, you know, Cuomo made no friends himself here in Buffalo because he was like, it was like, well, chicken wings don't count because they're not a substantial yeah, meal. Yeah. Like, bullshit. Have you ever eaten chicken wings, man? Well, maybe he hasn't. Maybe he's never had an right? actual. And he probably likes ranch. Buffalo. Yeah, he probably does. But it's like to get to get back to Ree's point about yeah. about how we're insane around here, which uh, <laughs> I I saw. We'll get to this later, but um, Greg Bach was tweeting during the NFL draft. Every time the Bills made a pick, he was like, "So what do you put on your chicken wings? Because we're insane." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Speaking of uh, chicken wings, Jim. Yeah, you know Yelp, uh, the food the restaurant rating service app, whatever you call it. Yelp recently put out uh, a list of its top 10 restaurants here in, in Western New York. It did. Well, it, it had, it, it broke it down into top 10 restaurants in the city, in the North towns, in the South towns and Niagara County. Hmm. And I'm going to go through them pretty quickly and, and you can comment on them as you want. Number one, best place in the city to eat. Love or dad and love joy. No, oh, really? Yeah. No, I've never been there. Never no, had anything from there. To try. I heard it's great. Yeah, I've heard that too. Uh, number two, Dapper Goose. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that either. They're not bad, but they're not right. Two number two worthy. Two Yelp's credit they listed as Black Rock and not Chandlerville. Good. Number three, Westside Bazaar. Now here's my problem yes. with this: Westside Bazaar is great. The food there is fantastic. It's not a sit-down restaurant. No. It, this is this is like ten best places. Ten best places to to have food from. Maybe, but it's, and I don't know, to, to eat, restaurant, is not. Number four, Anisio, I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Number five, Philantern and the West Side. Wait, Anisio, is that that place where, um, you know, uh, on Elmwood by Milky's? Yeah. Oh, I, I heard they were good. I haven't been there. Though. I haven't been there, yeah. so. Uh, Philantern. Um, yes. Number five, their pho is fantastic. Yes. I love, I when I lived in the city, I used to love ordering delivery from them because they would put all the vegetables and everything off to the side and I get to add it into my pho mm. and just eat it. And it was just tremendous. Fantastic. Would I say it's a top 10 restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> uh, number six, Lynn restaurant. Lynn. Mm. Okay. Uh, number seven, Daniela. Oh, they're pretty good. Yeah. Number eight, yeah. Mona Me. Oh, I love Mona Me. Uh, I've never Ooh, been. Breakfast and lunch place. They're not a dinner place. Yeah, number nine, Ballyhoo. Yeah, Ballyhoo's. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't know if you go there for dinner. That's more of like I'm going to go out to drink and maybe have a snack while I'm drinking. That's how that I place. feel about Ballyhoo. Yeah. Number ten. This brings it back to Lauren and our best of episode, Fresh Catch. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, best places to eat in the North Town. Number one, Wing Nuts. <laughs> we do love wing nuts here. I mean, I also, I mean, they do have chairs, but they haven't been a sit down place in a while. So right. Yeah. Uh, number two, Taqueria Los Mayos. I'm sure I butchered the pronunciation yeah, I've heard of good that. Things, yeah. uh, but I've heard good things. Number three, the Pudeli. Good food. It's more of a takeout joint. I mean, they do have some sit down space there, but I mean, it's a deli. It's good. Number four, JJ's Cafe in University Heights. I like how University Heights is not considered part of the city. <laughs> what? Uh, Number five, La Divina. Okay. All right. There, yeah. yeah. I, li I like La Divina. Number six, Frank's Gourmet Hot Dogs. Okay. They do good there. Number seven, Papa Pete's. It's a Lebanese joint mm -hmm. in the University Heights again. Mm -hmm. uh, number eight, Chipolina, which is out in Akron. So nobody's ever been there. Uh, no one's ever been there. What, what, what the hell is Chipolina? 
Number nine is Jay's Artisan Woodfire Pizza. Well, I love Jay's. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, they, they've got the square endorsement. Uh, number 10, Bistro 93, again, way out in Akron. Yeah. So apparently a lot of Yelp power users. A lot, a lot of Yelp power users are way out where in are the Where are the other 92? <laughs> the first 92 Bistro's closed. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, we'll do the South Towns real quick. Number number one is Winfield's Pub in Lackawanna. Mm. Pretty number, cool. number two is The Grange mm-hmm. in Hamburg, which is fantastic. Number three is Cozy Tie in Hamburg. I got to imagine that Cozy Thai, I've never been there, but they're probably getting a lot of votes because there's not a lot of Thai or Asian restaurants no. in the South Towns. So they're just getting a lot of positive votes because they offer the option whatsoever, let alone how good they are. I, I, I agree. Number four is the Deli in East Aurora. Number five is Elm Street Bakery in East Aurora. Oh, and that's a legit place, yeah. yeah. Number six is Mulberry Italian Restaurant in Lackawanna. Mm-hmm. Number seven is Left Coast Taco. Now, I went to Mulberry once. Yeah. See, you see what everyone was shitting their dick about, right? Big portions. Big portions. I hear you got to get the meatball. I wasn't in a meatball mood when I went. I got the chicken parm. I figured that was a safe thing to get. Yeah. And it was raw. Oh. It, was, it wasn't fully cooked. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, I've never been to Mulberry. I, I've heard the same thing. You got to get the meatball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what if you're not in a meatball mood? Yeah. Well, it turns you out get, you get raw chicken. You got to get the meatball. They're telling you. Right. All right. Yes, Don't was. get the chicken. Get I, the meatball. Evidently, I was punished for not getting that meatball. So number seven is Left Coast Taco. I know they're opening a city location soon. Okay. Uh, eight is Carte Blanche. Hmm. Number nine is Bar Build Tavern. Mm-hmm. And number 10 is Butera's Craft Beer and Craft Pizza in Hamburg. Okay. And then we've got our Niagara County real quick. So, so the South Towns are completely foreign to me. I'm like yeah, South Towns. I mean, have you been to two of those places? You South South Towns is literally just Lackawanna, Hamburg, and East Aurora. Yeah, that's that's all you've got. Yeah, I mean, listen, if if Wingnuts is on the list for the, uh, the fucking North Towns or whatever, like I feel like Taffy's should definitely be on there. I think so. Taffy's gets a short shrift there. What the? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a bunch of others. You know who who who's, who's in charge of Yelp? I want to talk to the manager. Uh, of Yelp. Uh, yeah. It's Phineas Q. Welp. Oh, Yelp. oh yes. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to get a hold of him. Uh, and the top 10 places to eat in Niagara County. Uh, number one is Third Street Retreat in Niagara Falls. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no idea for any of these places, actually. Uh, Zambistro Restaurant in Medina. Zambistro. Zambistro. Number three is Power City Eatery. It goes again in Niagara Falls. Four is Scripps Cafe in Lockport. I'm going to go just by the name. Probably not. Yeah. Number five is Donatello's Restaurant in Niagara Falls. Mm. Number six is Rock Burger, again in Niagara Falls. Number seven is Griffin House in Lewiston, which I've heard of. So Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, I've yeah, been, been there. there. Okay. Yeah. Number eight is Seamus Restaurant in Lockport. It's I think I've been there. Finest Have Irish you? food you can possibly I get. I think they're actually, they're, they're actually pretty good. Okay. Number nine is Good Guys Pizza in North Tonawanda. Mm. And number 10 is Sullivan's Hot Dogs in Niagara Falls. Sullivan's Hot Dogs in Niagara Sullivan's Falls. Sullivan's Hot Dogs. Hmm. So... And this was uh, off of some sort of special Yelp uh, where they rated both the, both the ratings and the volume of ratings. So that is where a place like Fa Lantern is going to exceed is going to succeed because, like, when you're doing delivery and takeout like they are, they're going to get a larger volume of than say Hutches, which should be on the list and wasn't on the list. <laughs> No one's writing reviews for Hutches. Come on. Right. Or Black Sheep. Yeah. A lot of these places are like, you got to be in the know. 
yeah. for you know like it's a lot yeah. of it is word of mouth i mean granted like you could find them in other non-yelp lists of course or you know restaurant reviews and stuff but like it just doesn't tell something like this yelp aggregate aggregator doesn't really tell the story of like quality right but <laughs> so let's go to love or dad is what i'm saying let's go Ooh, let's go there yeah we'll set go. it up you're getting me hungry jim and and you know what really gets me hungry is thinking about cheese oh, oh baby oh yeah. yeah yeah cheese and from where uh, specifically you get those cheese curds from cuba oh the cuba, cuba cheese shop one of our favorite places well yes uh, you know we're we're big fans of cuba new york we we love to be in our cuba compound but damn big government big big corporation big cheese is trying to trying to grind down the the little man oh, big no. cheese fucking taking it too through spoiling the curds uh no it's uh well it's it's big cheese versus big cheese in this in a in a way and that uh Great Lakes Cheese which is one of the largest privately held companies in the in the United States it's like a three point three billion dollar uh, company uh they own the Cuba Cheese Factory they bought it in the early nineties mm-hmm. they are looking to close that factory. So they can open up a $500 million factory somewhere else in, in the southern tier. So net, it will create more jobs. It'll cr- buy, they'll buy more dairy from local dairy farmers. It'll just crush the town of Cuba. Yeah. Is what's going to happen. Is that in, in the net, other towns will, will do well. But, you know, the Tebow effect will be is being in place here where you know they're competing against each other and it it will absolutely decimate uh cuba so why couldn't they just build a bigger place in cuba it's not like they don't have the room there i that's a good question yeah what's the motive behind this uh uh, probably somebody had a bad time at at moonwinks in (laughs) cuba one time oh no how do you have a bad time at moonwinks (laughs) i don't know yeah it's it's you know, this is like the sausage being made of of business and um, government because they, they are seeking eminent domain, right? They are seeking eminent domain. So yeah. they are like seeking to just like take the land. So are, are they trying to get the land that they're trying to acquire? Or are they trying to actually like, I, I was a little unclear. They're trying to get the land that they're trying to acquire. Through, some, via eminent domain. By, via eminent domain. But okay. like $50 million of eminent domain. I mean, and so, you know, don't be like for these property owners, don't be too broken up because they are going to get paid for it. They'll get, they'll get paid a going rate for it. However, that going rate is going to be a lot lower than it would be, I don't know, immediately after a giant $500 million factory opens up next door. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it just sucks. Like, you know, Cuba, it really, like, I know there's a lot of like small places in New York that, nobody ever really thinks about and they just like maybe see the name on the weather report or something but cube is actually like a really cool little town and you know it's just a very charming like there's a little a nice little coffee shop and there's you know a couple nice little restaurants and things there and it's just like a community that really is like centered around that damn cheese factory and let's not forget the best mcdonald's i've ever been to yeah oh no, yeah number one mcdonald's um I, I got the best shamrock shake I've ever had in my entire life there. Yes. Yeah. They're, um, you know, 
it's just a nice it's a nice little town and it, i think this really would be catastrophic for the air for that area if uh if they move the uh the cheese factory yeah i mean it would it would be catastrophic both jobs and taxes the amount of income that the town gets based off of taxes from having that large factory there that would just be shut down you know i mean imagine imagine like what would happen to like amherst if like a 30 million dollar factory just shut down now take that and say what if amherst was actually jokes on you marilla that's the story of a lot of american towns right now right right merging and consolidation yeah just just ruining them well let's not do it to cuba folks don't do it to cuba save cuba save cuba save cuba Cuba. right che needs you (laughs) viva cuba um you know we haven't talked about our next topic here jim we haven't talked about this guy in a while and uh, he he's i don't want to say he's been on the low or he's been silent because that's certainly not the case this this gentleman cannot help but post on social media and and go off he's been out there he's been on fox news um but he's really (laughs) he's doing it again in a different way and by doing it again i mean being a complete obnoxious dipshit uh i of course am referring to robbie de niro of Mm. uh, athletes unleashed and known covid denier vaccine hater um you know maga conservative hosting sheriff candidate QAnon loving john falano um stephen falano, stephen falano, falano excuse me yeah. stephen falano right you know john he, falano's his father yes yes uh robbie de niro and he uh he's he's out there in in the public gym what, what's he doing now well he's got a uh he's, he's waging a campaign against one particular english teacher in the town of orchard park uh this teacher was a uh, teaching of mice and men um, and uh, and a book about race at the same time and using them to talk about race in a constructive manner and race theory. And Robbie De Niro's child, who is apparently in one of these classes, ha- has inherited the same brain disease that Robbie De Niro has where that they thought that like they couldn't give the answers that they wanted to give without seeming to be racist and that that would affect their grade if they were racist. You know, I really think he uh he stuck his foot in this one honestly because look, he I know he's got his crowd of fellow psychopaths who will, you know, cheerlead everything he does and says, but but I think a lot of people are pretty pissed that he went after a teacher. Yeah, I think a lot of people are pissed that he went after a teacher. And we like particularly that he went after like a teacher teaching of mice and men. Right? Like if she was teaching native son, maybe he would have got more traction. Right? But you know, of mice and men. Geez, it's it's awfully hard to attack Steinbeck even in Middle America. Um, and I I know that you know she was partnering it with another book. Um, but you know he it was it was the hate you give right? the hate you give right. Yeah. 
I, I agree that, like, I think he's really stuck himself with this one. I think, you know, and he wanted, and the, the story that he said, he wanted to meet with the teacher and, like, the assistant principal and the principal met with him. And they said that, like, look, it's being taught with a lot of nuance. You know, you're not getting everything that you would get were you there, essentially implying that your son's kind of stupid. He's not getting the nuance. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and Robbie De Niro is like, yeah, but I want to meet with her because what he wants to do is he wants to bully her. Yeah, typical he wants bull- to bully mentality. He wants to intimidate her into doing the things that he wants and to saying the things that he wants to hear and to not say the things that she wants to say. And she was only willing to meet with him if she could have a union representative po- uh, uh, there, and he didn't want that because why should people be able to stick up for themselves except for just one-on-one me fighting you, beating the shit out of you, which is what he wants. Yeah, he wants to intimidate her. Right. You know, he wants to berate her. Yeah, must make him feel like a big man at the end of the day. Right. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. No, he's the biggest man in the block. Yeah. Right. When he beats the shit out of some woman who's just trying to do the best job she can, teaching, you know, teaching, which is one of the hardest professions that you can possibly have as it is, teaching English to his idiot son. To, to, to spare us from any uh, crazy person lawsuits, we are not actually saying that he would physically beat this teacher. But what we are saying is that it's pretty clear that he is trying to intimidate her, that he's had a, a directed and targeted social media campaign Um specifically using this woman's name and putting her on blast. And it's just this, this teacher apparently is pretty well beloved in, in Orchard Park. Mm-hmm. Um, the superintendent of the Orchard Park schools is weighed in and said, yeah, we stand by this teacher. I don't want to use her name because she doesn't need any more attention. Yeah, right. You know, but that we stand by this teacher and we support her. Um, I, you know, I know throughout the country we're seeing like this backlash or this push to uh, curb teaching of important topics like critical race theory. Um, I know that the New York Times 1619 project is reviled um, by by conservatives so much so that you know even in the Trump administration there was basically like an alternate history of America mm-hmm. that they came out with which I think they ended up pulling not too long after Biden was but but, elected, it, but but I mean it came out you know just this week in Idaho in the state and their the lower legislative office of the uh, the lower legislative branch in the state um, they voted to outlaw critical race theory in all public uni- all public schools including public universities in Idaho you know to which scholars are just like aghast like, why would you want to then work at the University of Idaho? Why would you want to send your child to University of Idaho or Idaho State or whatever, whatever garbage name that their garbage university has? Well, maybe, maybe you like potatoes, Jim. Fuck! I was, then I'll send him to Dublin. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous, and you know whether or not like anything comes of this. Um, good or bad, you know, whatever. Like, this poor woman, this poor teacher really did not deserve to have this guy just blasting her on social media and, you know, making her life a living hell. It's terrible. I, what? And that's one of my biggest issues with that, the way he handled this. As opposed to saying, like, my son's ninth grade teacher, he was like, Baba, and he used her name over and over and over again. Right. 
And again, he's got a pretty damn big platform at this point. Right. You know, like frequently on Fox News. He's, he's got a lot of chuds following him, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's like, dude, like you have to be aware of what your platform is. And even if it's just something where you're trying to like bolster your own personal brand as like a conservative shithead or whatever you want to do, like you're doing it at the expense of this woman's life and livelihood. And you're just a fucking piece of trash, dude. So that's what we got on Bobby De Niro. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, Jim, what's going on in the wide world of sports? Oh. We're not a sports podcast, but, you know, people care about that stuff. Uh, people care about it, and people will be talking about it. And, you know, okay, as, a few things. as we talk about it, as, if you listen to our first episode and we talk about the reason behind the name of the square, we're, we are the podcast of what people would be talking about in Buffalo, were the square still going at the square? And if you think they wouldn't be talking about the NFL draft this week with how much people have Bill's fever around here, Ooh. you're crazy. Of course they'd be talking about the NFL draft. Ree, what do you think? Well, they got a guy who could uh, sack Patrick Mahomes, they hope. Greg right. Greg Rousseau? Greg, well, they got two guys they hope that can do it. Yeah. They, got, they got Greg Rousseau and Boogie. Oh, Boogie Basham. That's right. Carlos Basham. Yeah, that offensive tackle in the third round, and who do we, who do we have in the fourth round? No, they had two third round picks. Oh, two third round picks. So who else did they get in the third round? Oh, Ryan, well, but you're going to put me on the spot. Well, I, no, I, well, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot because you mentioned earlier the guy with the funny last name. Oh, they, in the sixth round, they, they sixth round it was the, in the sixth round they picked a cornerback with the last name Wild Goose. Wild Goose, that's a pretty good name, <laughs> which is a fantastic name. And Matthew Collar, friend of the pod, former uh, WGR guy now he's in minnesota was like i hope they haven't returned kick so it can always be a wild goose chase oh <laughs> yeah the draft i have to say you know with the bills being good the the draft is a little less exciting because you know you're not like oh they're gonna take it top of the draft right uh, well it's even uh, even brandon bean was like you know like it's not as much fun drafting 30th but i'll take it i, I hope i always draft this late yeah right yeah right but you know Good teams draft late, so right. keep doing it. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, they, they did take uh, Rousseau, who's like a million feet tall. Massive. He's yeah. enormous. He's like 6'7". Six, 6'7", six, seven. Yeah. Six, seven, 266 pounds. Huh. Hey, my goodness. So he's actually pretty thin for his height. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he had opted out of the 2020 season, um, I guess, but he's mom, mom was a what, COVID nurse, and he mm-hmm. decided to... Kind of support her. Yes, yeah. his mom yeah. was a COVID nurse, so he he wanted to. Also smart, just yeah. smart. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you're somebody who thinks you have a first round grade in the like the draft, like staying out and not getting COVID, <laughs> probably a great idea. Right, probably yeah. pretty smart. Um, and then and then Boogie, uh, Boogie Basham. Uh, I I mean, like his first like introduction to the to the Buffalo media, he was like, yeah, I go by Boogie. And people are like, all right, well, it's been a while since we had a boogie in town. So <laughs> got to have that boogie back. You, you got to have boogie. Yeah. And, and then we had, uh, you know, our beloved former goalie, Sabres goalie, Ryan Miller retired. This oh, week. yeah. Ryan Miller. Mm-hmm. Props to him. It's Miller time. Gave me a lot of good memories back in the day. I don't yeah. know about you, you, you fellas. Oh, man. Ryan Miller for me is just like. It's really a don't you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, honestly, because I liked him, but to me as an athlete, I, I use the phrase, and I don't know if it's you know politically correct or whatever, but I use the phrase head case in the sense of he's he seemed to be a player who 
was very much inside of his own head that you knew he was insanely talented. Um, and a lot of the times where he lost really felt like it was more of a mental breakdown more than anything to do with his capabilities that he might've been, you know, one of the greatest goals, certainly one of the best American goaltenders mm-hmm. ever. Um, but really like, you know, trying to fill that role after Dominic Hasek, like he was the guy, you know, I know it was a few years between the end of Hasek's, uh, you know, t- tenure here, but it was, it was Hasek. And then Ryan Miller came in and he filled those, skates pads whatever he did it he really just a phenomenal player yeah um and really carried a lot of those sabers teams sure some years yeah you know especially towards the end no i mean he, he he really did carry the team um he was a fantastic player um i think all goalies are head cases with the exception of maybe marty baron <laughs> he likes to talk though <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean yeah he he's a head case in a totally different yeah, right, way. Yeah, um, I think all. Go- I mean, it, when when you sign up and you're like, you know what I would like to do? I like other people to shoot projectiles at me at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> you got to have something a little. There, a little there's something. With there, you. There's something where like maybe you maybe you're overthinking things a yeah. little bit. I have just great memories. I mean, I went to the very first Winter Classic. Oh wow! Lucky you. And so I just, yeah, I, I will always have fond memories of Ryan Miller and um, think highly of him. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him that he finally got to retire. And um, I, I hope, you know, to me, he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. I hope he makes that Hockey Hall of Fame yep. um, as the greatest American goaltender who's ever lived. I think that's pretty safe. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, if I had to guess. Um. And then finally, uh, in in the wide world of sports, here we we unfortunately lost another, we lost another one to Kansas. Oh boy, oh, it's always it's always Kansas, isn't it? Oh, there's something something about Kansas. Um, another football coach off to Kansas. Yeah, yeah. So Turner Gill was the previous coach who went to Kansas, and uh, what's his name? Lance Leopold. Lance Leopold. Yeah, he had done a pretty damn good job with the, uh, the UB football team. Um, didn't they, did they win the Mac this year? They won the Mac this year, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they won the Mac. Um had a pretty good showing and you know, got got poached by a bigger program which hilariously Kansas just as an aside, but Kansas is a football program like completely laughable. You know, you you'd think their stature is like like they're clearly a basketball school, but it's they don't even really try with football. Like they they'll hire um they, like they just fired uh, what's his face, the guy who was at LSU for a million years, uh, Les Miles. Les Miles, yeah, they fired him after <laughs> that whole shit show at LSU came out, and so they had to like kind of save face. So they just hired a guy that nobody's really heard of, but is an up and coming coach. Um, but Kansas is just doomed to, to suck forever. But sucks for the Bulls. I don't know. UB, look, I know UB is not a huge college football program, but like they're getting there. Mm-hmm. Is like a mid tier one, right? I mean, they've been consistently towards the top of the MAC for like the last like five or six years. Yeah, which you know, like, are they going to play for the national championship anytime soon? <laughs> no, not unless you like, not unless you do the same drugs that Robbie De Niro does. <laughs> but like parody, parody. <laughs> but uh, like, he should do drugs. Yeah, but like. You know, are they like, could they potentially be a top 25 team being the best team in the Mac? Yeah, of course they could. 
And what is UB's real goal? You, if UB's real goal is to win a national title, well, then they need to get out of the MAC. I don't think their real goal is to win a national title, but their real goal might be to be in the top twenty-five occasionally. Sure, that seems reasonable. I'd say so. I'd say so. They're 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 a big enough program where they think they should set their sights a little bit higher than what right. they are. Right. I mean. They should set their sights to being in the top 25 on a regular basis. Yeah. That should be, like, the goal for that program. Are they ever going to play on, like, a January 1st bowl game? It's very unlikely. Not unheard of. Honestly. Not unheard of, but it's very unlikely. I mean, that's going to be a, a, a once in a, you know, every five or six years type of thing that they might be able to shoot for. You know? So, so Jim, you, you just had dinner at, at Mulberry. Yes, you know you had your meatball. I had my I had my meatball. Yeah, you're watching the game. You know you're dis you're disappointed that maybe you know the Ryan Bill, Miller's not playing for right, the Bills. Yeah, so you go you go outside. You know, kind of kind of relieves a little stress, loosen up a little bit. What do right. what, what do you do? Uh, I know what I do. Mm-hmm. I I light up a menthol cigarette. Yeah, yes. The you you get yourself into Flavor Town, right? Uh, oh, it's Flavor Town population me. <laughs> Population, you. I think Jim is the only smoker on the podcast. I'll, I'll enjoy a cigar here and there. Sure, you know, I, I like those flavors, but smoking's not my thing. Um, and I know this isn't necessarily like a local story, but I don't know. It's worth talking. People are talking about it. I'm, I'm sure if you were down at the uh, it hits home. Lafayette Square back in the day, you, you'd be talking about right. You'd be talking about the menthol ban. The menthol ban. Yeah, that's a bummer. I, and you know what? I say that as somebody who like. Doesn't smoke. Don't think smoking's very great. I, I really uh, hate that you know it's marketed to kids uh, yeah, yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Sure. No, we're no fans of the tobacco industry by any means. Um, I, I do. I do think that though people do smoke. Like it's just it, it sucks, but it is what it is. And I think with this, like especially, I don't know. No, this is akin to the the uh, like the big gulp ban in New York City when Bloomberg was mayor. Yes. It's like sure, sure. No one wants diabetes. No one's fans of the, the 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 soft drink industry. Okay, but like if someone wants to do something, if they have a shitty day and they want to have a big gulp or they want to smoke a fine hundred menthol cigarette, why why shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Why should we restrict that? Well, I, my question is is that like is this going to have an impact on the? Native American industries. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, is the menthol ban going to include that, that even, you know, I can't get Seneca menthols because I haven't smoked camels in years. Oh, that's mm. not true. I occasionally will buy a pack of camels if I'm out of cigar, if I'm out of cigarettes and I'm not going to the resin a day or two. Right. But like I haven't regularly smoked camels or parliaments or Marlboros or you know, get insert name brand here in years i've been smoking you know the native brand cigarettes for years now yeah and 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 for god's sake don't don't fuck with the natives okay yeah yeah. leave them alone if they they want to sell menthols fucking let them if you've been shitting on them for like 300 years like let them smoke menthol cigarettes let them make menthol cigarettes this is just such a weird it's such a weird thing. It's such a weird time. I know it sort of comes on the tail of, you know, New York banning like flavored vape 
products. Um, so I think this has to be something similar to that. Well, and the and the federal government did ban flavored cigarettes. Right. And there there was a time in the early two thousands where Camel especially was making like tangerine flavored cigarettes and like all these different flavored cigarettes, and the federal government banned them because they said they were marketing to kids. And I don't know if they were marketing to kids, but those cigarettes were delightful. I mean, they were amazing. They were so delicious. I mean, this logic is on par with like banning flavors of vodka. Honestly, yeah. you know, like, I, look, smoking is terrible and obviously has a deleterious effect on you know, people who do it. And sure, so certainly, you know, you could point to uh, the minority communities where menthols get marketed to, where people disproportionately have health issues, but. The same token, if you're talking about the public health, you could easily apply that logic to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, even more so and say... Right. Except, you know, in that case, like, you'd be banning, like, cognac. Right. Which markets itself more to minority populations than it does to majority populations. Well, and that, but that's what I'm saying, right? Is, like, you could, you could apply this very same logic that we're putting towards tobacco... Um, tobacco products and why we should ban flavors and yada yada and put it right right at alcohol and you'd have a lot more strong of a, you'd have a much stronger case to to ban <laughs> flavored alcohol products you know nobody's doing that we're not advocating for that but my point is like it just feels like the the big government thing like i i don't i don't really think that's a real thing but Things like this, where I'm just like, this is so stupid. Here's the bottom line. Smoking is definitely bad for you. We know that. Right. So is it, drinking. It, co- it, co- it, co- it costs society a lot of money when people smoke and have health problems later in life. But smoking is so cool. It, it Don't is, you look cool when you smoke? Oh, uh, man. I look the coolest when yeah. I smoke. And, but, I mean, it, besides being cool, like, smoking doesn't have any more health detriment than consistent drinking does, yeah, no. really. Sure. All right. Now, it, if you happen to do both of them in conjunction, pretty bad. You're, you're in pretty bad you're, shape. You're in tough shape. Self, but <laughs> uh, uh-huh. like, but like, like Reese point, like when they banned flavored cigarettes because they 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 advertised towards children or they're they're pandering towards children. They didn't ban Fruit Loops flavored vodka. No, they didn't. No, nope. We still have that. Right. Well, and and and, and not not for nothing, by the way. A different form of tobacco, but you can get chewing tobacco. You can get it in a whole bunch of different flavors. Yeah. Right. That's they haven't touched that market. Like, you know, it's just smoking. And in this case, we're talking about targeting. Like, they still sell big league chew, the gum that looks like chewing tobacco. Right. For Christ's sake. Right. Training kids. Oh, oh hey. Made in West New York at Ford Gum in Akron, <laughs> where they apparently right? they have two great restaurants, <laughs> and they also have an ice cream place, and <laughs> they, they make gum that looks they, like chewing they tobacco. They make big league chew there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds. I haven't had big league chew in forever. I, I had it a while ago, and it's great. Oh, it's it, fantastic. It is. I remember. It's, it's, it's really so fulfilling good. to put like the big lump. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. And you're just like, like no. All right. So, I, I saw a post about fruit roll ups the other day, and I'm like, I would. Was, I loved it as a kid. It's disgusting now. I would never eat a fucking fruit roll up. Big league chew, however, I would. I, I would. Fruit roll ups were sticky. That was a problem. <sighs> yeah. I I wouldn't eat a regular fruit roll up, but fruit by the foot. I oh, definitely would go. Yeah, I would okay. eat fruit by the foot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there's a difference there because like fruit roll up is just like a big sheet of sticky mess. Yeah, I don't want that. No, fruit by the foot is in a bite sized narrow tube. Yeah, form or a narrow sheet. Go to the workshop. You know what I mean. Create a custom like 
little little distribution type mm-hmm. thing you can put on your belt. Right. You know, like a little, little caddy. Yeah. Your fruit by the foot. And then you just want right. like a few inches. Right. And upper they, end. Used to, they also used to have like the gum by the foot or whatever it was, the bubble gum that I was remember there. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, uh, now, you're saying you wouldn't eat fruit roll up, but if, if you and the wife went to Hutch's and the dessert <laughs> they had was like a homemade special <laughs> fruit roll up. Well, I, I would, I'd probably have a fancy fruit roll-up. Oh, yeah, sure. a fancy fruit roll-up. Sure, I'd have Well, that. they would tell her to adult tastes. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. You know, probably. when you're a kid, you're just a sugar maniac. That's oh, what your body needs. Right, I guess. yeah. Guys, this is getting me so hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, want, I want treats. I want snacks. We got, yeah. we got treats for you. So I think, call that a wrap on today's episode. I think we, I think we did a pretty good job today. Cool. Uh, did you did you want to bring up one more thing, Jim? Well, I, 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 all I want to say is that... Uh, the, this month in May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, maybe, may, maybe I'll, I'll go in on a future episode about some of my struggles with depression that I've had um, and, and my suicide attempts that I've had because um, I don't want anybody out there feeling alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we've spent an hour and a half talking about the news. I, I don't want to drag this out and make you feel suicidal because of that. Um, but it, I, you know, just know that it is mental health awareness month. COVID has been a tough time for everybody. If you feel like you need to reach out, reach out. If you feel like you can't reach out to a, a, a therapist or a psychiatrist, fuck, I don't care if you send us a DM on Twitter, we'll answer it. Yeah. You know, I've been in some pretty dark places too. And, and one of the things that, one of the methods I use when I'm in that place is you know probably try to get as healthy as possible. Don't don't go drinking. Get yourself a little cleaned up. But set your, set yourself a, like like a, a date marker. Oh, I want I want to get to this point because I want to see something. You know I want to see this happen. I'll say oh oh I want to get to the Bills draft to see who they draft. You know something like that. Right. You know whatever it takes. Right. Someone's I birthday. Mean, yeah. Set yourself a small goal as something that you that that you can yeah. get to. Like you know you don't got to boil the ocean. Right. You know, it, you don't have to say like, "Oh, I'd like to see what retirement's like," because who knows? <laughs> who I mean, knows? I mean, it will all be Walmart readers, yeah, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. Trending likely to be the case, right? right. <laughs> but but you know, like say like you know, hey, you know, I really like the Fourth of July. It's my favorite holiday. Yeah. Well, then stick around for the Fourth of July. Yeah. Let's have some hot dogs and some beers. Hey, come to the backyard with the best hot dogs in town. Best hot dogs best in town. Dogs. Come to Kenmore. Get the white hots. Yep. Well, thanks for. Thanks for bringing that to light here, Jim. And yeah, gentlemen, uh, another great episode of The Square. Again, Buffalo's premier podcast for for everything. We're the best. We're, come on. We're, we're number one. We're number we one. We're a number one king of New York. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Number one. And no, nobody's stealing stuff from my car or, you know, nobody's going to keep us down. All right. The yeah. haters and losers of the world you can shove it. Okay. And gentlemen, where can we, sometimes we do this, sometimes we don't, but uh, for those curious, if you don't already follow Buffalo famous celebrity, James Tamal, Jim, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at James Tamil, or you can look at Buffalo Seinfeld <laughs> and look for their most recent mentions. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm Ooh, at James Tamil on, on the Twitter. Uh, I'm at the real Ryan Steele on Twitter. D a real Ryan Steele. Uh, I'm also at, uh, Battle Jim of the Republic on Instagram. Oop, cut you off. Sorry. No, I'm good. Yeah, and I'm I'm good too. You know, I don't like to put my <laughs> right, shit yeah. out there. I, I've already listen. They're already tracking me. They're already breaking into my car. Like I don't yeah. need them harassing me on social People media. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah, we don't we don't need all that. But if you do want to harass me on social media or let me know the whereabouts of my gym shoes and my cleats and my magic cards, please follow at the Square Pod Buff on Twitter. Uh, we are also on Facebook at the Square Podcast. So give us a like and you know rate us, review us, whatever they say you should do. Right, on do the, the Yelp thing so that we finish in the top ten yeah. next year. Oh, yeah, go for us yeah. on Yelp. We want to be. We want to be. It's, it, we want to go big nuts than us next year for the yes. best things in the in the North Town. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So do it. Do the thing. Um, buy Brian Castor's book. Yeah, um, it's out now. It's out now. Yeah, I have not uh, actually purchased it yet. Sorry, Brian, but I, I will yell at you to do it. because. Yeah. You know. and, and also watch the first episode of Drive, episode 22. We had the Buffalo Above folks on. Right, yeah. Buffalo Above out. was out and, and Brandon and, and uh, Josh. Did we, did we tweet that out through the official? Uh... Yeah, I did today. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Put it, put it on Facebook, too, if you haven't. I have. Cool. I have I have re cool beans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Check our social media re. <laughs> well, you're not be- being busy being robbed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah no. Seriously. All right, guys. That's the that's your square for this week. Thank you very much. Good week.